Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast, and Ben Montgomery. My co-host, Wayne, is on vacation, one of his many vacations, this time to Costa Rica. So no co-host for this episode. Instead, I'm taking a page out of my guests. I'm taking a page out of his book because he hosts a podcast where he talks mostly one-on-one with creative types. As he says, a let, let me see if I get the tagline correct. A free-flowing conversation about the creative process. That's exactly get, it. Okay. All right. That's so perfect. Please welcome to the podcast a fellow Central Florida podcaster from the Marinade Podcast. Here's Jason Earl. Thanks so much, Ben. I am so excited to be here, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. I was worried that I was not going to get the tagline correct because I, I didn't go back and listen to any episodes because I'm just like, you know what? I've listened to enough of your episodes. I should be able to get it. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see if I did it. Okay. Yeah. The tagline is, the, uh, is a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. And uh, I love that you... You knew it already. You didn't even need to, to do the research. I, you were there. I didn't. I've listened to enough of your episodes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you. Premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all-important question. So um, you probably overthought this, didn't you? So what, what T-shirt Absolutely. are you wearing? Okay. So, you know, we, you and I have talked about me potentially coming on the show for a while now. Yeah. And um, so I have that the times that I listen to your show – which is fairly often I think about, all right, what's my band t-shirt going to be? That, that t- when, when Ben finally calls me up to the bigs, what's, what's that band t-shirt going to be? And so I grabbed four of them um, and <laughs> did overthought it completely. Yeah, you totally overthought 100%. Um, but I, what I ended up with is this Lucero t-shirt. Very good. Okay? Very good. So, and the reason I chose this Lucero t-shirt is because as I was listening to Pedestrian Verse, Fried and Rabbit's Pedestrian Verse – I was thinking about like just sort of wh- how it impacted me and it it tied back to a Lucero show that I saw in 2006 and that kind of and that's where I got this shirt. I've had this shirt that long. Okay. I've actually it's actually kind of bagging on me now cuz I back then I like lifted weights and was okay. bigger and okay. bulkier and now I'm kind of I hardly ever wear this shirt but I keep it because it's just one of those one of those shows that that left a huge mark on me, and one of those I, I got a camera for it was on my birthday, and I got a, a point and shoot camera from my girlfriend back before you know phones were our cameras. Right. So I, I settled on this one, but I, if you'll indulge me, I had I, I had this Amanda Palmer shirt that I almost chose, okay, because that was a really special night in Atlanta with my partner Chris, and um, it's just like a really. Uh, impactful show for me and made me rethink a lot not just about music and life but rethink like my views on some things politically and that wasn't that long ago a couple years ago okay and then i almost had my good friend patrick hagerman a local guy here um who is just a wonderful wonderful songwriter and, and is working on a record and then pretty sure she's been on your show miss hannah harbour Yes, I have had um, Hannah on. So I had my Hannah Harbour shirt because I think Hannah should be world famous. Uh, she's an incredible songwriter. She's a bright light. She's the whole package. She's just a, a, a smart and insightful person. So I wanted to I wanted to give some love to the local folks too while I was here. Yep. 
Very good. Yeah, I I love I love Hannah and I love Thomas. I think you know when I tell people that Central Florida has a really great music scene, mm-hmm. I, I just look at those two. They're both of their bands are just fantastic. Well, I mean Thomas is he's part of Hannah's band. He's part of the Lionhearts as well. So, right. um, but just very talented, and I wish that they were bigger than they than they are because they i'm i'm right there with you they totally deserve to be they're amazing and they're good folks too you know that's yeah. the other thing is that everybody i just mentioned is uh, you know the, the local folks here in this scene are just good folks and we're we're fortunate to be in such close proximity to them yep yep all right well i didn't completely overthink my shirt <laughs> um mostly because i've 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 been wearing a lot of the same t-shirts lately but i'm wearing my Neil Young Harvest ah, T-shirt, great uh, record. It's it's one of my it's one of my go-to records. I do need to give a, a a shout out to one of our Patreon listeners, Tim McKay. Cool. So um so Tim Tim's brother recently passed away from from cancer, mm. and um Tim got gifted his brother's record collection. And so he was like, um, do you want some of these? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, sh- sure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, what, 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 it, what are you, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I'm always looking for Neil Young. Yeah. Um, I don't have an, you know, I have very, very little vinyl. I have most of my Neil Young stuff is on CD. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he hooked a brother up and I finally now have Harvest on vinyl. That's great. Along with a lot of other stuff that he hooked us up with. Some, there's some Stones, gave me some Dylan, wow. Wow. Um, some Almond Brothers. I mean, Tim hooked a brother up. And so big shout out to Tim for, um, for, for hooking me up. In fact, next week, um, so you get a little, little, little peek behind the, the curtains here. Um, I am. On my way up to Washington, we're going to do our first ever live stream event. This episode will will come out after we've already done that. But um, Wayne's already told me that I have to bring some of the Dylan vinyl up. Mm-hmm. So he is he's called called out um, the the vinyl for for <laughs> Dylan. So I gotta, so I have to bring those up. Well, shout out to Tim. That's awesome. I'm sorry about sorry about his loss. That um, it's really cool that that he uh, that he thought about you. Yeah. So um, big big shout out to to our listeners, um, especially Tim. So mm-hmm. appreciate appreciate all you guys do. Um, so we've been trying to get together for brunch or lunch for months now. Our yeah. schedules never seem to meet. Um, doesn't help that we're on the opposite ends of Orlando either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you planning on going to the Cordovas and Great Peacock? I doubt it because it's a it's a, a weekday and weekdays are really tough for me. Yeah. Um, okay. I also like I really want. To, I mean, I want to spend more time over there at Tuffy. Speaking to Patrick, who's uh, helping manage that place, Patrick Hager, oh, who he? I mentioned okay. earlier. Yeah, pa- Patrick and Thomas. Thomas is booking the talent. So um, I didn't realize Thomas was up there. I know he was doing Dexter's for a while, wasn't yep, he? Yep. Yep. With Stephen Rock and Patrick. Um, yeah. another gra- Stephen Rock is one of my favorite songwriters anywhere ever. I mean, he is 
he is special. Like that guy is, he, he's, he's on a different wavelength than most folks I know. And just an incredible, incredible musician and performer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to get out there to Sanford more often. You know, I, I sold my car, uh, gosh, it's been like two and a half years now because I was, I was working right down the street. Now I work from home and, uh, I ride my bike everywhere Again, I don't have kids, so I don't have, you know, kids to cart around anywhere for anything. Um, And it's time for me to invest in uh, a vehicle, but I just don't want to spend the money. And so (laughs) getting to Sanford is kind of tough, you know, on a weekend. And so I want to catch some of those shows. They've got, I mean, they got Patterson Hood coming, you know. So uh, I, I, I mean, Patterson's one of my two or three favorite songwriters ever, depending on the day you catch me, you know. So, uh, I don't think I'll make the great Peacock show, unfortunately, even okay. though I'd love to, those, All those right. are two really cool bands. Well, let, let me know if you need a ride. <laughs> yeah. I'll take you up there. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's really, that's really sweet. One of, one of the few perks of doing the podcast is sometimes, sometimes we get on the list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm on the, so I'm on the list for that one. So I've been, okay. That's something I've been thinking about. I, I don't know if we have time or you want to get into it, but I've been thinking about that. Because before the pandemic, I would not have even batted an eye at asking for a press pass for anything, yeah. right? And I, I'm going to cover it. I'm going to you know, mention it on the show. Usually, I either I take photos or I bring a photographer with me and we put it on the website. But now with musicians going so long without a paycheck, I'm kind of like, at what point do I go start asking again, you know? Well, yeah, here here's what I said. So so when I talked to the PR person, I was like, "Here's the deal. You hook me up with tickets. I will make sure that I spend that and more on merch." Right. Like mm-hmm. if he's got vinyl at the at the merch table, I'm buying. Right. And as long as he's got XL for t-shirts, I'll probably buy one for myself and also one for my co-host. Right. So right. so we'll. I mean, we're we'll take care of them. Yeah, but, but local local stuff, like I think I can afford ten to fifteen dollars for a ticket. Yeah, to to go yeah. see somebody local at Will's. I just I'd rather I'd rather give my money to those venues to make sure that they stay afloat. Yep, as mm-hmm. opposed to you know, anyways, but. No, that's a, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. At, going to that show, um, uh, Patrick played and uh, Mike Dunn played, and it was out outside. Uh, okay. And uh, Cordova's car car park or something they're calling it. It's kind of it's affiliated with Will's, and it's a Southern okay. Fried Sunday event. Um, it just felt so good to be out there. <laughs> but you know what else also happened is it just drained me for like three days because I wasn't used to being that social. I wasn't used to being at a show and that used, you yeah. know, that's, that's something that's a, a big part of my life. And so I'm kind of, I have those, I can flex those muscles a lot normally, but having not flexed them in a while, dude, I was worn out for, for like two days, <laughs> but it was so magical. It was so nice to see people playing music. I'm assuming you are an introvert like me, like, <sighs> like, like you're, you're okay with being out in those kind of social situations and but afterwards it's like i gotta retreat to myself and just recharge i think that's true for me i I don't think it was for a long time i think i was very much an extrovert and then sort of you know interestingly in the period where i got into frightened rabbit 
that's that's the time when I started to to become what I now think of myself as, which is like an an extroverted introvert is kind of how I describe it. Okay. You know, where like I do get my energy from other people, but what you're saying about being like being tired after that is very true. I'm drained after those interactions. Yeah. Um, and I, that, that was really driven home to me, of course, during the pandemic. Like I've, I've been at home pretty much since November before mm-hmm. that I was having to leave sometimes, but, um, I'm pretty much home now. I mean, and I realized I really like my own company and (laughs) I'm pretty comfortable, you know, not going out that much. And when I do go out, it's, it's draining. Um, but I, but I do get my energy from other people, which is kind of part of the really nice thing about the podcast and being able to do it. Uh, the video, um, conferencing is that I get a little taste of that without the physical, like when I'm around other people, I physically feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm an empath too. So, it's like if I'm doing this is, is isn't all that draining. It's like I get all the benefits of you know getting right. social interaction without the physical draining of being around other people. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, I do have to ask about your email tagline. So you mentioned that you record as Jason Earl, but that's mm-hmm. not your name. I ha- there's another podcaster that um, he messaged me and he was like, "Hey, I'm sending you a friend request on Facebook, but." My name is really X because mm-hmm. my work creative name is X. And I guess I missed the boat on that one. Um, <laughs> is it too late to change my podcast host name to something else? <laughs> I think at this point it is. Yeah. Because I, I, I came, think... I came up with a list. <laughs> I came up with a list. Yeah. What are, are you going to share the list? <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming Jason Earl is like a play on some of your heroes. Right. Correct. Yep. Steve Earl. Yep. And I'm assuming Isbell? Yep. Okay. My two favorite songwriters of all time. Okay. So Mm -hmm. here we go. So here are some of my heroes that I put together. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Mick Strummer. (laughs) I like that one. That's a fun one. Um, All right. Um, Ichiro Stipe. So I'm combining. I'm Wait. combining base. Okay, I'm combining yeah, yeah. baseball with with um, with music on that. I like that one a lot. Okay. It's confusing though because Ichiro, I always get confused about, and and I don't. I'm going to sound ignorant here, but I always get confused about like his first name and last name, like his surname. Ichiro is first. Okay. Yeah. But Suzuki like, is last name. But Ichiro was always on hit the back of his jersey. Yes. He was like Prince. Yeah, right. He's like Madonna. <laughs> right. That's I mean that's I think, that's how big a, he is in Japan. So right, that's what, but I was just gonna say, isn't that a but isn't that a cultural thing? There's something about like his surname is his first name. Or I, is that a thing? I, I don't know. Okay. Honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All either. right. Um here we go. Dale Tweedy. This this combines Dale Murphy with Jeff Tweedy. Oh, okay. So yeah. since we did the episode of, you know, yeah. Two of my favorite things, which is baseball, Dale Murphy, and Wilco. That's so. that's super fun. Uh, that was a fun episode too. I really enjoyed that. And then uh, here, so my favorite movie of all time is Singles. So I'll just go by Steve Dunn. I don't think singles. I know. I don't think I know Singles. What? Ah, okay, I'll look it up. So it's a Cameron Crowe movie. Huh. That is uh, came out in the early nineties, ninety two. 
right okay. as right as the grunge movement was going off. So Pearl Jam's in it. Alice in Chains is in it. Um, there's, you know, let's see. Uh, Matt Dillon is is one of the the neighbors. Chris Cornell is one of the neighbors. Anyways, it's um, you can tell that I grew up in the Northwest because that's yeah. Well, that sounds like my kind of film. I'll have to check yeah. it out. How long you been doing the podcast now? Gosh, um, let's see. We started the marinade and I, kind of the seeds of it were planted in like. 2015, 2016, okay. the first episode with BJ Barham from American Aquarium was released in uh, September of 2017. So I had recorded four episodes by that point. His was okay. not the first one I recorded, um, but it just became the first one I released because I was such a huge fan of his of yeah. his work and it just – the timing worked out. So yeah, two, September of 2017 was the first episode – but right around 2015 or 16 is kind of when, you know, the seed began to germinate for the marinade. You listened to the uh, country covers album that they did? I love it. It's I great. absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it for the second time this morning. Because, I mean, those songs are all, you know, that's me growing up. I mean, that's growing up in Ocala. Um, is yeah. th- Those were the songs I was listening to, you know, my friends were listening to. And every one of them reminds me of something, you know, and someone and some moment and being in the woods on a on the back of a pickup truck. Like, that's how we partied, you know. We were out in the woods hanging out, listening to those songs. So, yeah, yeah that record hit me hard in, in the best way. So she's in love with the boy. Who does that remind you of? <laughs> uh, there's got there's got to be a girl associated with that one. There's I don't I don't know about that one specifically. Um, a lot of them, I, like there's a specific girl. We'll call her Danielle. That um, that's not her name. That I'm reminded of um, with a lot of those songs. Um, I think some of some of those songs. On that record, I don't have the the track list in front of me by any means, but you know that he kind of chose songs that span a good yeah. decade, you know, and so I'm like from ten or eleven, first being like, oh, I like girls, to eighteen, like dating girls, you know, and mm-hmm. being um, very much into um, to girls in that moment. So it's uh it's really interesting to think about how that span in the songs that he chose, I just think they knocked it out of the park. It, they did it. That band is so, I've always liked American Aquarium, this particular lineup. And I don't mean any disrespect to the, the other lineups. He's had a bunch of them, but this, this band is just so good. I mean, he's got some real players and they can pull anything off, especially nineties country. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've had him, you've had BJ on twice. Twice, yeah. BJ's been so good to the show. Um, That's good. You know, the first time we did it, he was on the Great 48 tour. I actually have the poster right here on the wall. He was on the Great 48 tour where he did uh, the 48 lower U.S. states in, um, in like 56 days or something crazy like that. He and his wife and their dog, and they hit a bunch of national parks on that tour. And he played, um, he played Jacksonville, but we weren't, I saw him on the tour, but we weren't able to catch up then. Okay. And so we caught up on the way from like, 
Iowa. He he was like in the middle of Iowa, headed to I don't know, Des Moines, maybe. I it, it was like the reception was spotty, and I had no no idea. I, I downloaded a program. You can probably relate to some of this, where like. I get this opportunity to sit down with one of my favorite songwriters and I don't know how I'm going to pull it off because he's in Iowa. I'm just starting the show. I had only done face-to-face conversations by that point. Yeah. And at the time, I was plugging in USB mics to an old Toshiba laptop that was about to quit and <laughs> and using uh, Audacity as my editing software. And it was just yeah. like... I still use Audacity. Do you? People I like do. it. I, uh, yeah. I, I uh, I use GarageBand and I really enjoy it. Okay. It's just it's simple, you know. It's just I'm not all that great at the editing part. I I've learned and I try to get better as we go along. But anyway, so I, I've downloaded this program to record a phone call and I like practice with my dad. I called him earlier in the day um, and just made it because ha- it came together kind of quickly, you know, where he said yeah. yes, but it, they were like he's got a window. You know, on April 6th or whatever, as he's passing through Iowa, he should be by then. Um, so uh, so we did it then. We did it that way. And, and I remember even like my AC just kicked on. And I remember at the time the AC kicking on and me like throwing a pin at my partner, trying not to hit her or the dog to tell her to turn, but, but so that she would notice to turn off the AC things that now I don't worry about at all. Cause I realized that my mic's not picking it up, right? right. <laughs> you know, but just, it's kind of fun to think about like when you're really green at it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm an expert now, but those kind of green moments are so, sort of fun to think about. Like I was so stoked. I got to sit down with BJ, you know? And then the second time was on the things change tour at Will's. And at that point, um, that was with the new band. And, uh, and they had, they had a bus by that point. And it's just so fun to see a band that you've followed for so long and, uh, an artist you followed for so long, get to that level where like yeah. we record in the back of his, of his bus live. And then I had a recorder and I knew kind of what I was doing and, you know, I wasn't worried about the AC kicking on. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still at that point where I'm like, are we going to do some live remote things do i am i gonna need to invest in some other equipment because you know we've been relying on you know programs like the one that we're using right now and that's it um i if you ever want to see yeah if you ever want to talk about it i'm i'm happy to talk about it like i um we can i can give you some suggestions and things i getting a little handheld recorder and and the reason why i did it in the first place was Corey ryan forrester the comedian who was recently on my show uh, I was interviewing his comedy partner, Trey Crowder, and um, Corey said – saw my setup and it was just ridiculous setup with like my laptop and these okay. USB mics. And it was like yeah. – there's so many settings I had to worry about and it just – I'm in a hotel room and, and it's just, I'm trying to set it all up. And Corey was like, man, you just got to get yourself a recorder and just plug, plug the mics in and just dump it and edit it. And so I finally – I finally did that and game changer. I mean, I, yeah. I love, I miss, it's been great connecting with people who I probably wouldn't have connected with without the pandemic forcing me to do it video mm-hmm. conference style. But there's something about the marinades that are recorded at the venue. There's something about like the time that the cicadas took over my conversation with Austin Lucas. You know, like yeah. there's something about yeah. those 
moments that are so raw that now f- I can control everything better now. And it's fine. I'm not complaining. I mean, I, you know, I get to talk to Brian Fallon and I didn't get to talk to Brian Fallon before, you know? I know. I hate you. <laughs> we've, we've, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried a couple different times. Um, the last, the last, um, the last note I got from, from Brian's team. So luckily, um, luckily Brian's team is now working with Maggie Rose, who, mm. um, she's been a big fan of ours. And so I think she put in the good word. So he's like, Hey, so Brian's not doing any interviews right now, but you're on the list. Cool. So that's like, fun. All right. So we'll I'll take that. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed that the list actually happens. Cause we've had a lot of people tell us you're yeah. on the list and then a, you, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. It's you part know. of it. And, you know, and it's, and it's, uh, it's especially now, like I, I both have more time to do the show and also don't have as much time. It's a real uh-huh. nice problem to have that a lot of people want to come on the show now. And I get a lot of cool pitches from people I would have reached out to. I mean, yeah. um, recently we've had people on that I wasn't even thinking about, but who were dream guests that their people reached out to us. And like, when you get there, it feels really good. You know, it feels, yeah. feels so nice, but at the same time, I can't do them all. You know, I've got like six episodes in the can right now. And I'm trying to get them. I'm trying to get two of them done before I go to Kansas City on Thursday, and it's like I don't know if I'm going to pull it off. I'm trying, know. you know. I've I've got I've got five in the can right now, um, yeah. and I was hoping that this week of Wayne being out of town was going to help me. Then of course work gets in the way because yep. everybody everybody knows that I'm going to be out of pocket for a week. So they're like, "Hey, before you leave, can you do this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I can." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wanted to work on my podcast right now, but yeah, yeah I'll I'll work a little later for you. Yeah, sure. but it is a nice problem to have to have you know all these opportunities to sit down with people that I love you know and appreciate so much, and yeah. then it. And you get introduced to so much music. I mean, the marinade has taught me so much um, about myself and about my own creative process. And it's also introduced me to a lot of artists that I wouldn't necessarily have yeah, us known too. before, you know? Yeah, us too. For sure. Did anything happen with the one guest that um, I uh, gave you the hookup for? Yeah, man. Well, it hasn't happened, happened. But we okay. we are okay. scheduled for Monday. Thank you so much. All right. Um, I am reading said guest's book right now, uh, newest book, and I love it. Um, as you know, is I'm it a, out? Yeah, it came out okay. like last month. Came out last okay. month. All right. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, I'm so stoked. I'm so yeah. It's it's going to be on Monday, so I'll I'll, okay. I'll have some flight time. You know, getting out of town this weekend to be able to kind of finish up the book and and fit, finalize my questions. But that's one of those interesting ones where it's like. And I don't mind saying who it is. But I don't know if you uh, don't. It's 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 Willie Vlog. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I I've already told my Patreon patrons. I always want to make sure okay. I tell them first, and then yeah. you know. Yeah. But that'll already be recorded by the time, Absolutely. and I'll be gushing yeah. about it, you know, on Twitter and everything. Anyway, so uh, but Willie's just one of my favorite songwriters, and and he writes so beautifully. He can write a song, and he can write a novel, and so I. 
he's got so many cool projects too. And I'm like, yeah. man, what am I going to, how am I going to narrow this down? I don't want to take, you know, six hours of this man's time because <laughs> I could just talk to him all afternoon. I, I realized that with Will Johnson. I just finished a conversation with Will Johnson, who's one of my two or three favorites, again, depending on the day you catch me, right? I say that a lot, but favorite songwriters <laughs> ever. And, uh, and I realized, like, I didn't even get to talking about his novel that just came out, you know? Like, we got okay. to the end and... Yeah. And I was like, that's, I couldn't do it any better. You know, when I got to the end, I felt like I couldn't have done that, that interview any better. And then the next day I was like, you didn't ask him about his book. (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah. But you probably, you probably were asking him all sorts of questions about his, his work and his career. And he knew that you knew that stuff. Yeah. And so you just like, like when we did the episode with Willie, like I didn't want to get to the record that he chose. I just wanted to keep talking to him about, you know, his, his novels. Cause like, I don't think I mentioned it on, on the, the episode, but I, I read, what was the, his last book? Don't skip out on me. Yeah. Don't skip out on me. Dude. Devastating book. Beautiful. I, I, I don't cry often watching movies or reading books. Dude, waterworks. Yeah. Like I it was such a beautifully written book that I'm just like, I don't want to talk about Tom Waits. Can we just talk about yeah. you? <laughs> I was gonna say, I think that's just because you don't like Tom Waits, Ben. I don't think it's <laughs> and, I, and look, look, um I was really nervous after we were done with that episode because like um I think Willie knew by the time we were done with it, he's like Ben just doesn't get Tom Waits. Like, <laughs> like Wayne did. Wayne did. Wayne yeah. Wayne came Wayne came around, but I just, I just, I don't, I don't dig Tom Waits. And, and that's okay. Um, yeah, and and it's okay. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I just, I just f this one up. You didn't. Like you like, didn't. And and but afterwards, it's a great episode. But afterwards, like, this is how I knew that I didn't completely screw it up. Because back then we were asking the Toto's Africa question. Oh, uh-huh. And um, he sends me a note afterwards. He goes, uh, Toto's Africa is playing in the target that I'm at or something to that effect. And he's like, yeah, I still don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Uh... So, I, I was glad that, you know, we... We we got the hookup for you, so I appreciate it so much. Yeah. It's um, looking forward to that episode. Yeah, definitely one of those one of those dream guests. Yeah. All right. Um, so we've been chatting for a half hour. Let's get to um, the <laughs> <Really>? record <laughs> we have. Let's get to the record that. Um, so usually I ask my guests at this point, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. But I, I think I came up with the idea. You did, and but I do want to say something about that if I can. Okay. And that is um, that, like I said, I, I listened to your show and you and I have talked about me uh, appearing on the show. And so I had given some thought prior to us connecting about this particular record. Yeah. I had given some thought to what I would choose. And there, I don't think there's any way I would have chosen Pedestrian Verse if you hadn't mentioned it. Even though I absolutely adore the record, you know, yeah. I think I would have chosen an Isbel record, even though you know, I know you've done had had Southeastern done before, but yeah, um, I, I might have chose a Truckers record. I might have chosen a Lucero. I, there's all kinds of, you know, I could go on and on. 
But I don't think pedestrian verse from Frightened Rabbit would have been the choice at all had you not mentioned it. And I'm so glad that you did. And I'm so okay. glad we're going to talk about it. Good. Yeah, I I, tw- I tweet out all the time about what I'm listening to. And believe it or not, I think this this um, scares some people because they're like, you, you're tweeting out about what you're listening to all the time. I'm like, you know, I only tweet out about half of what I listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like I literally listen while I'm, you know, because I work from home. Yeah. And I'm, I've always got music going on in the background, whether it's, you know, me driving somewhere, whether it's working here, if I'm making dinner, um, there's music going on. So, um, so yeah, I've tweeted out about I was listening to Pedestrian Verse, and I think that that just kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah. I'm glad it did. All right. So Pedestrian Verse was released on February 4th of 2013. It's their fourth studio album. Um, I kind of feel like it should be like, we should call it the fifth studio album because they had the two EPs that happened mm-hmm. before this Before this one. From what I re- read... And you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this. A lot of this record was brought about by touring and being on the road where they mm-hmm. could play some of the songs. They could kind of work out the kinks. This was a more developed record where the band kind of had more effort in in the process. Is that kind of what you read as well? Um, I, I don't know if I read that specifically. Um, okay. uh, the, the thing that stuck out to me as I was kind of doing some research and, and reading more about the record was that if I'm not mistaken, it's their first kind of major label release. Yes, I think it it's, Atla- I think it was on Atlantic. Um, and I, that was interesting to me cause I don't think I knew that at the time that it came out. Um, and when I go back and listen to it, I don't notice any of the things that I normally feel like I would notice when listening to a major label release from a band that was quote indie before. Right. Right. I don't notice any of that. It seems like, so this would fit what you're saying. It seems like a lot, like the, the label really let them go for it. Like they, they really let them make the record they needed to make. Um, and if I'm also, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like, this was one of those times in Scott's life, and there and there seemed to have been several, where he just kind of after this record had to have some time to just like mm-hmm. it, it was it was it was intense for him, right? And um and so he had to have some time. And I think the Al John record, the solo record, was right after this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I'm wondering. So so I'm piecing all of this together. Where you know we were talking about where the band was more involved in the writing process you know because scott was i mean look he was the primary songwriter yeah. for, for this band there's no getting around it my guess is al john came from i'm i need to recapture just me doing it mm-hmm. maybe, maybe i'm reading way too much mm-hmm. into that but i maybe that I makes know. a lot of sense um and i think you know i just had a conversation with somebody recently musician um and in fact, if you don't mind me just teasing it, I'll go ahead and tease it. Yeah, go it's going it. to be on my show. Um, I was talking to Daryl Hance, uh, who was the the original guitar player for Mofro, which is now JJ Graham okay. Mofro, right? Yeah. And uh, he was a, he was the guitar player for 
10 years or something in that band, the first 10 or 11 years of that band's existence. And he was talking about how the idea of like one person's creative vision and another person's creative creative vision, especially in, in the context of a band and like what those dynamics look like. And, and he left the band because he was like, I love that band. I love what we were doing, but I had this whole thing I needed to do. And so he just makes solo records now, um, mostly him doing everything. And I got okay. to thinking about it and he, I didn't ask him in, in this way, um, but I got to thinking about like how a songwriter oftentimes, and I think BJ is kind of this way to some extent. Um, there are, you could probably, we could probably think of examples all day. Songwriters oftentimes it's like they want to, they want the band, right? But if you're, if you're someone who is a, 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 a dedicated songwriter the way that Scott and BJ and all these people we're talking about are it you always need to to have that outlet where it is your vision and and when the okay. band gets involved and other people have these ideas it's very difficult to both re- give respect to those ideas and also to make sure that while you're respecting them your vision is coming through and I think to tie it into podcasting, I think it's why I do my show on my own and why it's DIY. I think I think my therapist would say it's a control thing. <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it has to do with me wanting to control every step of the process. If I'm being totally honest yeah. and not feeling comfortable giving it over to somebody else, which I can relate to when it comes to you know certain songwriters. Yep. So let's table that because. I have some I have some thoughts when we get to the oil slick. Yes, that I, I'll 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 tie this back in when we get there. Right on. Um all right. So personnel, we've already talked about Scott Hutchinson. So he is lead vocals, plays rhythm guitar. Billy Kennedy is um I mean he does everything. Um lead lead guitar plays some keyboards, provides some backing vocals. Uh, Andy Monahan is the bassist. I think he also provides some guitar work as well, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. For this album and the EPs, Gordon Skeen was, he was kind of the, the utility guy. Um, so he played guitar, keyboards, provided some backing vocals. This is Gordon's only album, full album, with the band. Um, when I did see them for this tour, I loved his energy on on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I, when they announced on on Facebook or whatever it was that that he was leaving the band or whatever the reasons were, I was super disappointed because I I like. I gravitated towards him. I like loved watching Gordon. Where did um, you see him? Stage. At the Beecham. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw him at the the the, the old Freebird Live in Jacksonville and Jacksonville okay. Beach on that same tour. Yeah. Um October 2013 is when I saw them. Same here. Um yeah, same here. September right. maybe I saw Yeah, it was October. It was like October 2nd or something. 2013 it's a really and that's part of why this record hits me and maybe we'll get to this eventually but like this record hits me because that was such a formative time in my life when that record came out so let's let's just go ahead and throw all the personal stuff out there (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) because i I was even telling a a, a co-worker 
um, the other day, I'm like, I'm totally going to overshare on this next episode yeah. of recording. Yeah, let's get into it, man. Because I All feel right. like there's it's hard to talk about this music without doing that. It is. You know? All right. So, so, so here's my deal. So in 2012, um, well, let me back up. In 2009, my sister passed away from cancer. Mm. Um, I didn't deal with it at that point. Like mm. there were there were just too many other things in my life where I just I had to be the strong person. I couldn't process all of it. I was grieving, but yet I just I couldn't deal with all of it. Mm. In 2012 was when uh, I'm like I need to go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like I'm I've I've held on to so much of this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's time for me to like get rid of some of this baggage. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I was I had joined a covers band. Um, mm -hmm. played played bass poorly. <laughs> But I was kind of the I was kind of the manager of of the band because I I was the hustler out of all of the, the the group. So I was the guy who was getting us gigs and getting us at the Winter Garden Music Festival and that kind of deal. Right. That was my creative outlet. I always have to have some kind of creative outlet, whether it is writing, whether it is yep. you know performing, uh, podcasting, whatever. I always ha always have to do that. So I had Sirius XM at the time. This is where I heard um, I heard the Woodpile, mm -hmm. and God. such a great song. Yeah. And then Park Avenue CDs. Shout out to um, yeah. our, our wonderful record store here Love in, Park in Central Central Florida. So they were they had a um, uh, a giveaway for tickets to go see Fried and Rabbit. Yeah, and I'm like, I really don't know them other than this Woodpile song. I like him, so I won the tickets. So I won two free tickets, which was a good thing because at that point I financially not in a good place. Right, you know, um, the extra money that I did have was going towards therapy. Yeah, <laughs> um, which should be so available to everyone. <laughs> it should be. It should be. Um, so, so here's the depressing thing. So my my normal concert buddies, I say, hey, I I want I want some tickets to go see Fright and Rabbit. Anyone interested in going with me? And they all, the three of them, each listen to f some Fright and Rabbit. They're like, this isn't for me. I don't understand that. I don't either. So I went to this show. So keep in mind, I'm already depressed. Yeah. I go to the show by myself. And if you know this, the the lyrics in the woodpile, <laughs> how freaking poignant was this? Uh, here it's I'm amazing. I'm I'm standing in my corner, watching Frightened Rabbit, yet I'm having this ethereal moments. And like I said, we'll get to this for the oil slick because I had some epiphanies that night mm -hmm. about where I needed to go creatively. Mm. And it wasn't, and it wasn't being in a covers band. Oh, interesting. So we'll, we'll, so we'll get there. Yeah, I'm so, interested in that. So tell me your, your introduction to them and 
and how, how what they mean to you. Gosh, I mean, I just pulled up the, when you said that about woodpile. I just pulled up the lyrics to kind of reread them. It's just like I look for a fire door and escape from the drums and barking. Just and, and like the whole song is like that, right? I'm trapped in a collapsing building. Come yeah. find me now. Oh my! There's just so much. I can. I that can, was me in 2013. Okay, so like I can. So can I ask you a question before I share my experience? Absolutely. And that is. When you, because I think this is helpful for people when we to talk about, especially therapy. If you can afford it, do it. Everybody, <laughs> anybody yep. listening, yep. if Absolutely. you've been on the fence, do it. Um, not everybody can afford it. I get that, but if you can, do it because it it's immensely helpful. And I'm going to talk about that from my own experience in a second. But okay. at what point did you go like, all right, I got, I'm going to do this? And were you hesitant at all to go to therapy? Um, I was hesitant because the the stigma in the world today. Actually, today it's not at there's not as much stigma as it was say ten years ago. Yeah, but the stigma was if you're going to a therapist, you're messed up. Yep. And after going to therapy, I realized that. Everybody needs it. Everybody's messed up. Okay? Everybody is screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, man. And 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 some people are okay with not having therapy because they have so here here's why I don't think that I went to therapy prior to that. Mm-hmm. Is I always had I always had people like in college who were my really good friends that we just unloaded on one another all the crap that we were thinking about yeah so i always had an ear to 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 hear my complaints yeah you know and and you could work those kind of things out then you get older and you become a breadwinner and you Mm. become a dad to a, a kid who's on the autistic autism spectrum Mm-hmm. And you become a father to other kids and you have all of these other responsibilities and you're a, a husband and like eventually all of those titles got to me. Mm-hmm. Like there was just too much of it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I realized that if I don't get help, all of the things that I have built and worked on um, are going to crumble. Yeah. Like my, I feel like my career is going to, 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 to crumble. My mm-hmm. marriage is going to crumble. My relationships with my friends and, and my family members are going to crumble. Um, I just needed some help. Yeah. I just needed to talk through some stuff. Yeah. And um, so that was, that was kind of the, the, the moment. And I don't, I don't even remember when I just went, it's time. Yeah. I'm so glad you did though, Ben. That's awesome. And I hope yeah. that, you know, folks listening, if you've, if you're on the fence about do that, do it. It, I, I remember my moment too, but like, you know, cause it's both, it's both. It's, you need to have friends who you can unload on. As you said, you need to have friends who, 
who you trust to, to, to listen and to allow you to be vulnerable. You also need a professional. Almost all of us, I would argue, need a professional, if you know, and, and for varying, in varying, uh, doses, right? So for me, I see my therapist every two weeks. I just had a therapy appointment two days ago and it, no, yesterday. What am I saying? Today's Tuesday. And I needed it so bad. Like I was thinking about it. I woke up that morning, super anxious. Anxiety is the thing that I deal with. It's because you listen to too much Frightened Rabbit over the last couple of weeks. A hundred percent, Ben. So let me get into it. All right. So, (laughs) all right. So, um, (laughs) 2000, I got into Frightened Rabbit circa 2009. Okay. Okay. Um, I got into them because there's a guy named Paul Shirley who is a writer and former NBA player. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he's he also writes about music quite a bit. And um, and at that time I had I was 2009, I was tw- I was 28 years old turning 29 years old that year. Okay. And I had just graduated from law school. Okay? So I graduated from law school and I, at the time, and this is where Acts of Man ends up with my 11 score, is that at the time, I was someone who really thought he had his act together, right? Really thought that like he was headed on this this trajectory to be this successful lawyer and he was going to make this money and that's what he wanted to do and he was going to marry this woman he was with and they were going to live happily ever after. And I thought I had it figured out, right? And I'm 28. Well, this is going to shock you, Ben, but I did not have it figured out at 28. <laughs> I had, I really, I, I was really more of a mess than I realized. And part of it was underlying anxiety that I had not dealt with. Okay. Yeah. The first time I really saw a therapist, I just blew it off. The second time I saw a therapist was in law school. And my law school had hired a therapist because law school is so unhealthy that you need a full-time therapist to be there for your people. <laughs> Right, right. for your students because it is not a healthy environment yeah. and I was uh, so I graduate and I fail the Florida bar exam by one point <sighs> so I spent all this time all this yeah. money and I fail it by one point and I didn't handle that well and my relationship uh, crumbled um, for, for other reasons but you know yeah. Yeah. We, we broke up and then I was home with I just, I just moved home with my parents. I was lucky to have parents that could take me in. I moved home with my parents. I took the only job I could find because I it was in my hometown. And my hometown, you know, you, you know everybody in the place you grew up. And so yeah. I, when you're in a small town, especially, so and I they're I, like, "What the hell are you doing back here?" No, they're no, not in a town like that because okay. I feel like that that's one of the things that that comes out when I listen to these songs too is how much towns like that. Want, they they suck you back in, okay. right? They they in fact that's a lyric to a song that I wrote about my hometown, is is that this town will suck you in, get you chop okay. back to chopping wood, with your mama and all your kin. Like it it, it will pull you a town like that pulls you in because they it it's almost wants to possess you in some way, like you're one of ours. You come back here. And there's some merit, I think, in in going off and experiencing other things and coming back and trying to better those environments. But my experience in that town was that it was a town that was very close-minded. In, in my experience, it's not for everybody. I'm not speaking for everybody who's from Ocala by any means. But for me, in the, in the environments I grew up in, 
It was a very closed-minded place. It was a place that promoted hatred, that promoted bigotry for me, right? The the, the circles that I was in. Yeah. Now, lots of good people and a lot of my friends were great folks who, um, who were growing up in the same environment but weren't fortunate enough to have the experiences I ended up having specifically in law school. So there's this formative time that's happening in 2009 when I'm listening to Frightened Rabbit for the first time. But I'm also a mess. Like I'm drinking a lot in 2009, almost every day. I hated my job. Sorry, taxpayers, but I had this job at the courthouse and I worked for judges and I would sit at my computer and read Paul Shirley's site, Flip Collective, and spend time on Twitter <laughs> and not do the legal research in my windowless office that I was supposed to be doing. Um, I've since made good <laughs> my, my debt to society. <laughs> you know, I've, I've since done a lot of good in the world. But at that time, I was just like, I was going to the bar every night. I was drinking yeah. too much. I was unhappy. Yeah. I didn't realize it, of course. I was mired in this mess. And Frightened Rabbit came along. And and Scott was feeling the same, was clearly feeling similar in a totally different world. And the thing that was so so wild about Frightened Rabbit to me was that it was the Scottish band that reminded me so much of the country music that I grew up on. We talked about okay. country earlier. Yeah. And there's something there's a lyrical sensibility to Scott's music that like I just feel like he would be Jason Isbell or or uh, B.J. Barham or any of these great songwriters that that came from the South if he'd grown up in Tennessee or Alabama right. or something. Right. Uh, he'd be a, like a member of the drive-by truck. He'd be like the fourth guitar player and singer in the drive-by truckers <laughs> if he'd grown up in the South. And so then when, when this record came out, when Pedestrian Verse came out, um, I had made a decision in my life. Like finally, I recognized that I wasn't healthy and that things weren't good. Yeah. And I hadn't gone to therapy yet, but I'd recognize like I had to get out of that town. It it, it wasn't for me, you know, and it's great for some yeah. people. But I looked around and I saw everybody getting married and the woman I thought I was going to marry, that wasn't happening. And I didn't want that anyway. And I didn't want kids. And I didn't like I, I saw everyone's life and I was like, I'm happy for them because that's what they want. But I got to get out of here because if I stay here, I'm going to keep yeah. going to that same bar every night. I'm not going to be riding at all. And my creativity was stifled, Ben. You talk about the, the need for creativity. I yep. felt like I, – I, I remember I carry a, a notebook. This is – I mean, I'm in a late, late 20s, right? I always carry a notebook on me for ideas, yeah. right? It's got all kinds of stuff in here. Some of it's stuff that, you know, when I'm listening to Fred and Rabbit, I was writing down. Some of it's song ideas, whatever it might be, podcast questions. And I, I, went, I went out with a friend for dinner and uh, – Somebody mentioned something and I took out my notebook, right? And I wrote it down. It's a friend in that town. And I, I wrote it down. And my buddy looked at me. And I was single at the time. My buddy looked at me. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I got an idea. So I wrote it down. <laughs> you know, he's like, dude, you're never going to be able to keep girls around if you're if you're doing that. Like, <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, I got to get out of this town. <laughs> like, this, is, this isn't working for me, you know? And uh, yeah. he just thought that was so strange that I would, that I would dare write down a thought that might, that might cr turn into an idea later or some creative work later. So anyway, I moved to Jacksonville and uh, 2013 was maybe at, at that point, it became the best year of my life. I just... I really poured myself into my work um, as a middle school teacher. I really learned my, I honed my craft. I I stopped partying as much that as I, I wasn't even partying before. I was just going to the same stupid bar, you know. I, I stopped drinking as much. I started yeah. really working out and started taking care of myself 
picking up my guitar more. I, I got rid of my internet. And I, when I came home, I would either listen to a record or watch a, a Netflix film on a DVD, right? Right, right. Uh, or, or read a book, you know, because I had no internet. So if I needed internet, I would go out, you know, to a coffee shop or something and meet people. And, um, and this record came out at that time when I was just, I was ready for it because it is a heavy record, but it was like, okay, wait a minute. I've been going through these times, these difficult times, but similar to what you said about not processing it in the moment, I was just coping negatively. I wasn't I wasn't really addressing the underlying yeah. problem, which I now know was anxiety. And Scott sings about anxiety a lot. And so I was a like, lot. oh wow, okay, this is really helpful for me. Did you once you started going to therapy, did you realize that you've been dealing with that like yeah. for a long time? Yeah, all my life. I have a um this is pretty personal, but I'll share it with you. I have a crease right here under my eye um, okay. from – I have a nervous tick that I've had since middle school that I now know is related to anxiety. It doesn't come up as much anymore because I really work on my anxiety. But I now can see that every day in the mirror and, and be reminded of the fact that I've had that my whole life. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Going to therapy – I was able to realize that I've had a lot of different bouts of depression over the years that there were moments of anxiety, which now that I've identified that I've had that, I've had anxiety because up to that point, I'm like, no, I'm fine. Right. And which then you, I, and then you identify and you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Right. And, and part of this is, part of why I gravitated towards this band was partly the same reason why back in, in high school, I gravitated towards the Smiths and the, and the cure was because interesting. This, this was a band that I could relate to. Yeah. They're talking about trying to find their place in the world, dealing with the black, even though there's light around and dealing with, the anxiety that you mentioned um again that's that like i i realized that <laughs> you know for years i've been listening to music that um what i i don't even remember the phrase that i heard but um somebody said that um sad songs make me happy yeah yeah uh-huh that i, I know bj has that on on merch I'm maybe sure. maybe it came from sure. bj yeah, yeah. yeah maybe it came from bj but there's there, i have a poster from vanessa jean speckman um that says it's, i'm looking at it right now it says okay. sad songs make me feel better there you go and and that's what listening to the queen is dead back in senior year of high school that's an important record to me because i could identify it with yeah. that yeah. i could identify with morrissey's wanting to belong and like i can even i can even remember dealing with a really bad breakup and listening to side b of disintegration from the cure yeah yeah and it was therapeutic yeah and if you listen to that side b of of the cures um it's not none of those songs are happy 
No. But it was, but it got me through yeah. the crap that I was dealing with. And yeah. so this deal, listening to this record at a time where I was going to therapy for the first time and mm. dealing with, dealing with stuff that I just couldn't unpack, mm-hmm. um, was therapeutic for me. And mm-hmm. so this is this is an this is an important record to me because of that. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I think as you were talking, I was thinking about I mentioned Axe of Man earlier, which it, it's like it's like one and one A or twelve and twelve A on your rating system yeah. for me are are State Hospital and Axe of Man, and I went back and forth about these two because there's so much of like the things that I wasn't unpacking. I, that I unpack now in therapy is so much of me recognizing how naive I was as a kid about a lot of things and how yeah. I was, I mean, we're all naive as kids, but like my, my reality was so, was so insular looking back on it. And so to, to unpack it now as an adult, it allows me to like give myself some grace and, and try to be a better person, you know, and consistently try to be a better person and so when he when he talks about sort of some of the stereotypes of men, um, and, and, which is something that is being thankfully being discussed so much more now, some of the things about about men and what's expected of them, and then also yeah. what behaviors are tolerated of men, you know, those kinds of things are questions that I started to ask myself way too late in life, and they really came up those questions about myself at least came up w- about the time this record hit me. And so when he says, like, for example, he said he ends the song, he says, I've never wanted more to be your man and build a house around you. I'm just like all the rest of them. Sorry, selfish, trying, trying to improve. To improve. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> it's like, yes, I I am I am all of the stereotypes in some ways. But that does I don't that doesn't have to define me. And and you know, when he puts it that way, it makes me stop and go like, yeah, man, it's a constant, you're still working on it and you're, you still need to continue to do the work. And that's the thing about therapy that's been so helpful is that I'm reminded to keep doing the work and I, I have an accountability to keep doing the work to make yeah. sure that I'm continuing to grow and that I'm not those stereotypes, you know? Yeah, we, we, we've skipped ahead. So let's, <laughs> let's finish the. <laughs> Let's let's finish the background info and then let's okay. let's get to Axe of Man because we just quoted from from Axe of Man. Okay. All right, so so this was produced by Leo Abram, uh, Ab- I don't know, I don't, I always slaughtered this, Abrahams. I don't know. Okay, don't all right, know. and here's how I know Leo's name. So he has collaborated with Brian Eno hmm. on a number of projects. And he is on the, um, I think it's Small Craft on a Milk Sea is what it's called. Um, so he is on that. Um, and he's also arranged a number of films, including The Lovely Bones, which mm. also has Brian Eno, Steve McQueen's Hunger, mm. and Oceans, the Ocean series with David Holmes. All right. So they did get somebody who knew what he was doing as far as production stuff and i think it it definitely shows i think you brought up the fact that hey this was this was on a a major label i don't know if they would have got leo had it not been on major label yeah 
Well, that's so interesting. I, you know, I'm thinking about just what goes into these, into a record like this, you know, it, it does make you wonder, you know, you don't want to speculate too much, but like how much a band and specifically Scott's life would have been different if they'd kind of kept flying under the radar. Yeah, maybe. Um, who knows if that would have helped or not? I don't know. All right. So let's, let's dive into this. Let's go track by track. Cool. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. This is where I usually throw it to Wayne to ask how many songs on the record. So Jason, how many songs on this record? There are 12 songs on this record, Ben. All right. That means our top song is going to get 12 points. Nick's favorite 11 on down to lowest score of one. So we are doing just the normal edition of this. There is a, also a deluxe edition with three bonus tracks. We're not going to talk about the bonus tracks because um, we're already an hour into this and we haven't <laughs> even talked about any of the songs. Uh, all right. So there's three three songs. If You Were Me, Snow Still Melting, Escape Route. You guys can go check those out. They're, they're out there. All right. Uh, starting it off, here is the song Axe of Man. I say this all the time on the podcast about how I want to be punched in the face with the first song on the album. Yeah. Ooh. And 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 usually I mean that from like a musical standpoint where there's, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of crazy musical stuff. Not usually in a lyrical way, but the lyrics on this are that emotional punch in the face. Right. You already brought up some of the lines. Yeah, it's such a heavy song, but it, you know, it, it really, like I said, it, it, this, the song Acts of Man, what a bold way to start the record, right? Like you said, yep. I mean, it is, a, it is a punch in the face. Um, but it, there's so, there's so much, um, you know, self examination that goes into it. And, and for him to just acknowledge that, like, Look, there's so much of I'm. He's, when he says that, I'm just like all the rest of them. Sorry, self is trying to improve, and he's just said all these awful things about these terrible people, <laughs> these terrible men, and yes. uh, it's it, it's just it's so refreshing to hear someone to acknowledge that um, in the, in such a stark way. Um, but it's also you know, as a man, you you turn it back on yourself. Hopefully, right? You turn it back on yourself and ask yourself. Um, am I thinking about these things and am I working on these things and am I making sure that I'm not those folks? Um, when the, the lyric, man, he breeds, although he shouldn't, this isn't going to be as PG-13, but he's breeding just because he comes, acts the father for a minute till the worst instincts return. Huh. <sighs> Uh, but yeah, I'm exhausted just reading it. You know, I'm looking at the lyrics right now, just reading it and thinking about it. Um, it's an incredible song. Yep. All right. This is my nine. 
We've already talked mm-hmm. about it. So, um, your score on this one? 11. Okay. Next song is Backyard Skulls. There is a there is a video for this one. It was a single. Um, did you have you watched the video? I haven't watched the video. It's an interesting choice for a single. It's the band is performing in a high school gym, and it's not even for like the school dance. It's like after the school dance, and then there's a janitor who is like busting a move on the dance floor to this song. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Well, that that's one of the things that I love about Scott and Frightened Rabbit is yeah. is that juxtaposition, and you you kind of talked about it with the Cure and some of these other bands as well. How it's like there is a little bit of light there, and then also Scott would talk about these really heavy things, but he was so funny. And when like when you saw him on that tour, for example, that was the only time I got to see them at the Freebird, and there was yeah. he was so funny, he was so charming and clever and. Any videos I've seen of him playing live, he comes across that way as well. Um, so that's really, I mean, that makes sense to me that they would have the janitor bus in a move at Backyard Skulls. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, look, I love songs where there's like the contradiction, yeah. where the, the songs sound happy until you peel back the layer of the lyrics and you go, holy crap. Yeah. That's dark. You're You're talking about, skulls that are buried in your backyard of yeah yeah i mean through patio doors lies century upon century of skulls untold as hushed as suburban adultery what a what a turn of phrase that is as hushed as suburban adultery oh man deep enough never to be found yeah Uh, yeah yeah backyard skulls um i mean again you know i i as I was putting all, as I was ranking these, I was like, ah, they're all twelves, you know. But that's not how that's not how it operates. So I gave it a five. Okay. But I only gave it a five because the rest of the record is so strong, and um, I think the thing about Backyard Skulls that puts it down a little bit further for me is, uh, and this probably shouldn't be a knock against it now that I'm saying it, is it kind of gets in and out. You know, the other songs are like mm-hmm. really take you on a journey. This one just is sort of like. It's in your face most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. All right. This is my seven. Cool. All right. Uh, next song is Holy. <sighs> This is the second most listened to song for this album on Spotify. How many how many listens do you think? Oh gosh, I don't even know where to begin guessing. I don't know what Spotify numbers look like really. 
All right, this this has just over seven million, uh, six million okay. listens. Wow. What do you think is most listened to song on this album? State Hospital. It's not. No. Woodpile. Oh. Twelve point five okay. million listens. All right. Yep. Um, religious imagery all over this one. Yeah. This what I've um, folks who listen to my show uh, know this about me. This song means a lot to me. Um, because I grew up in the Baptist church and um, I believe now uh, through, especially through therapy, I uncovered a lot of this and I want to be clear that like, I'm not, I have a lot of respect for folks who believe certain things and whatever, whatever people believe I have a lot of respect for. It's a very personal thing, but my experience with the Baptist church led, uh, created my anxiety. I think almost entirely I'm terrified of death. Um, that's the underlying issue for me. And it's because of a lot of things that he talks about, you know, a lot, a lot of the growing up in a church or, or being around folks that were in the church that I grew up in acting holy and not recognizing that they have holes and that, you know, there's a great Towns Van Zandt lyric. Uh, we all got holes to fill and them holes is all that's real. And I, I, that resonates with me so much. The idea of like, when he says, will you save me the fake benevolence? I don't have time. <laughs> what a, I mean, I finally have come to a point in my life where I'm like, all right, I, I have a lot of respect for people's beliefs, but don't put it on me. You know, it's it, it, whatever that thing is, maybe I believe it, maybe I don't. But don't try to tell me how to live my life and, and tell me that the way you do it is better. Yeah. Yeah, I am a churchgoer still, mm-hmm. and I know that I I still need grace. I need charity. Mm-hmm. I need reminders uh, of being kind to myself and also being kind to uh, another, to others. Yeah, that that's a way to look at it, right? I'm definitely turned off by people who can't admit that they're full of holes, mm-hmm. like anyone who says that they're not a work of in progress, mm-hmm. even. You know, even when they get to be our age yeah. or older, yeah. um, they're just fooling themselves. Um, I feel like I I continue to go to church because it is a state of hospital. To, to quote, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's this, it. You know, it 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 is. That's one of my hospitals. Yeah, and and it's some sometimes I come away. Um, motivated and inspired and other times i'm like (laughs) i kind of feel like i want to quote this 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 uh some lyrics from this but i i won't because yeah there is a video for this one first time i watched it was yesterday i didn't know it existed yeah i haven't seen it the band is not in this video um i think the book that's featured on the album cover is included in the video Mm. The female protagonist slams the book on the office boardroom table, and then she goes on a pilgrimage and climbs a mountain with a carry-on suitcase. Anyway, it's, it's, oh, interesting. I, I'll have to check it out. It, so the band is not in it at all. So I don't know yeah. if it's even a, a band. Um, I would assume it's a band video, not just made by somebody, but right. But yeah, this this song is a. Gut punch. Yeah. 
lots of it, lots of imagery, and we're all full of holes. I'm yeah, and and I love how he says, "Thank God I'm full of holes." Like he, <clears throat> you know, he ends with that. He always well, ends with "full of ho- just the line, full of holes." But you know, yeah. I mean, imagine if we didn't have those holes. Imagine if we weren't filling those holes. Uh, how how vanilla life would be, and how um, unfulfilling it would be. We all have that work to do, and to continue to do that work on ourselves, it helps us to be better for other people. And if we weren't filling those holes and being better for ourselves all the time, then we wouldn't be able to impact the people around us the way that we do. Yeah, and I love I love the um, the the ending part where he says, "Thank God, I'm full of holes." Seriously. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Scores for Holy. This is my eight. Yeah, me too. Okay. All right. Next up is the wood pile. Whew, the wood pile. And I already mentioned um, wood pile. I was planning on getting to it later, but I got yeah. to it earlier. Um, yeah. This does have, like I mentioned, 12.5 listens on Spotify. It was released as a single. Um, if you haven't seen the video for this one, it's fantastic. I haven't seen no. Oh, you got to watch this either. one. All okay. right. I won't, All I won't, right. I won't let out uh, any of the stuff okay. for this. Um, what do you think is the most listened to songs in the Frightened Rabbit discography? Oh gosh, um, "Swim Until You Can't See Land." It was a trick question. It's this one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get it. Get out has ten point two million, and keep yourself warm has ten point. Keep yourself million. warm. Yeah. yeah, I should have thought I keep yourself warm. That whole record's great too, but um, yeah, Woodpile. Just, I mean, it's a powerful song. This whole record, gosh, it's just devastating. Would you come brighten my corner? A lit torch to the woodpile. I just, I, dude, I'm picture. I can, I can, I know that that headspace in a different way that you were feeling in that moment, right? Yep. I can, I can see that. I can think of other shows I've been to. I am a crier. Like uh, song shows make me cry. I, I almost every movie I cry. It's just like just how I operate. Like I <laughs> just good, man. Yeah, sometimes I'll like listen to something that's like a podcast that's really well done and I'll cry at the beauty of it. That's just how I am. Well, <laughs> I I think that I'm getting more and more sensitive cuz okay, so last night I finished watching Cougar Town. For- <laughs> okay. So I've been binging that since I don't know last fall. Okay, um, I watched the very last episode. It's it's not that great of a show, but mm-hmm. because I knew that it was the last episode, I cried. I think that's beautiful. Not not, ben. not, not a lot, but I did cry because right. I'm like, oh. and and last episode of Shit's Creek, waterworks. 
Like, yeah. I think that's great, man. I, I think that's so wonderful. I, I'm not ashamed of it at all. I, I do it all the time. And, and again, that goes back, ties back into a lot of the themes of Frightened Rabbit's music and, and specifically Axeman is that, you know, I, I, I think I grew up in an environment where my, my parents were very supportive of, Hey, it's okay to cry. But I think the environment I grew up in wasn't that way. And that's true for a lot of folks. But, um, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, whatever, if I need to cry, I'm going to (laughs) cry. You know, whenever whenever that is and wherever that is, if I need to cry, I'm going to cry. I'm not, I'm going to try not to let it inconvenience anybody else. I might walk away if I need to, but I will say this. So, so, you know, I already brought up the, me going to, to see Fred and rabbit by myself. Mm-hmm. One of the epiphanies that I got from that was it's okay to go to concerts by myself. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Like I, it's, it's look, I enjoy it much better when I have one of my concert buddies. Cause then we can talk about the experience and you know, whatever. But, um, I don't necessarily need somebody there to go with me. I would say 80% of the shows I go to, I go by myself. Okay. I would say eight, probably 80%. Now, oftentimes, my like-minded friends are there, especially now right. here in Orlando. So many of my, my friends are musicians. And so, they're all at these shows too. Right. Um, but I would say, yeah, unless I'm collaborating with somebody to cover it, um, or sometimes if it's my partner, Chris and I really love a particular band, we'll go together, you know, but other than that, I, I like going by myself. It's just sort of like traveling by yourself. You get to go on that journey on your own. I, I like to be able to not worry about like other people, other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because music is such a spiritual experience for me. You know, that yeah. is my church. Yeah. And so if I'm at the show and like I'm like every if I'm at an Isbel show, I'm gonna speak about crying. I'm gonna cry for a lot of it. Like those songs just mean so much to me. Um, and if I need to leave, that's my other thing. Other thing, uh, my friends call it a jexit. If I need to leave, I leave. I don't and I don't like saying goodbyes because of the finality of it. Like yeah. to me, a goodbye feels final. And that ties back into my anxiety about death and and the people I love. So I like to go to shows about myself all the time. Love it. All right. It's my we'll 10. eventually get through this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll start shutting up. It's my 10. Uh, it's my, my 10, 10 too. Okay. Yeah, my 10 as well. All right. Cool. Uh, next up, late March, death March. We might get through it quick because I have no notes. Um, more, <laughs> more religious imagery on this one. Um, yeah, not quite as poignant as the um, as holy though. Right, but it, it, I feel similarly to it for the same reasons as as I do holy. It's just another great song. Every single one of these is another great song, and again, just it 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 addresses a lot of the um, you know just a lot of the. A lot of the hypocrisy that I that I saw when I was yeah. growing up in the church that I grew up in, and again, 
it was my particular church I'm speaking about. I can't speak to anybody else's experience, and and I want to make sure I'm clear about that because I do respect people uh, people's spiritual beliefs and religious beliefs. But you know this this reminds me so much. Like I when he leads off with I cursed in church again, and the hand claps all fell quiet. I was like, it just reminds me so much of like the hypocrisy of the place that I grew up in, the church that I grew up in. Sorry, and and how much that's affected me later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This was my three. I have a whole lot of things to say about it. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I don't. I like it. It's a four. Four for me. Okay. We're pretty close to each other yeah. on this one. All right. Next song is December's traditions. So this one, I listened to it again today. I, what did I rate it? I rated it a nine. And uh, I listened to it again today because it's one I had. I, I realized after the fact I hadn't spent as much time with. I think I rated it so high because it's one that kind of does that thing we talked about where it juxtaposes sort of like yeah. the light with the dark. And it kind of um, – I know there's a nostalgia to it and there's kind of like a, a certain lightness underlying it, but it's still, you know, he's still saying stuff like after months of grieving, F the grief I'm leaving, <laughs> will you leave with me the blood loss, the towering cost? I mean, he's still doing the thing that he does where he goes so heavy, but it's, it's, this song is, I feel like one of the more digestible songs on the record sonically. And I yeah. think that kind of, le- you know, that kind of l- lends itself to, so usually when I have I have um, problems figuring out l- what the lyrics mean, I usually throw it to Wayne. So I'm going to throw it to you, Jason. Oh gosh! So um, so the 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 lick brings warm metallic taste. I can't correct myself. Convince you that there's no one else in volumes of New Muse. If you want to save, you don't want me. Well, I think I think that particular verse there. It is about like because I think so much of this is sort of about seasons in life, okay. right? And I yeah. think that I think that particular verse is referring to the idea of like where you're you're going through a loss of some sort, whatever that loss is, and when you I thought about this recently actually when when if you're really dealing with depression or anxiety that there is almost like a – it physically affects you, right? Yeah. And so it's not just – sometimes my anxiety will manifest itself in flu-like symptoms, and it's different for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, some people, it'll – sometimes for me, it's – it's. I have a, a thing of like it's in my stomach. I can feel it in my stomach. And what that can lead to for a lot of folks, from my experience, and I, I've experienced this specifically, is almost like a, a taste in your mouth, you can almost taste this, whatever the, this physi- physiological thing is that's going. So I think he's being pretty literal there about like 
he's going through a loss and that 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 loss is manifesting itself physically. Okay. All right. I think. So it's the panic attack is becoming a painting to quote from. There you go. The next album. Yeah. Uh, title. Painting. But yeah. All right. All right. Um, this was my six. Your score. Um, it was my nine. Okay. Next song is housing in parentheses in. Clarify the in parentheses in because there's also a housing in parentheses out coming soon. Um, second shortest song on the album at a minute thirty. Are they companion pieces though? I don't know, and I'm just looking at my lyrics here. I don't even see my lyrics. Um, yeah, that was my that was my bad on that one. Okay, it was I did not include that in the lyrics that I sent over to you. Sorry. Okay, cool. Sorry. That's all good. That's um my well, just just to get another peek of behind the scenes so my oldest puts together the lyrics for me. I think that's so cool. And he doesn't he doesn't always um, Well, he's a young dude. Yeah, you know, like he's, he's a young fella. He's 22. He's not Yeah. Old. He's not Oh old. man. I well that goes back to I'm defend him right now. I've never met him. <laughs> that goes back to uh <laughs> that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, about my life. Like at 21, 22, I was just a mess. And um so the fact that he can even sit down and put these lyrics together, good for him in my mind. <laughs> like I would I would have like forgotten or put it off or um you know, just not done it right. Yeah. So I keep telling him he needs to put this on his resume that he's like assistant assistant producer of a podcast because he does the sound clips for me and he does the lyrics for me so that's cool that's a cool experience i could translate into other things that's great we'll see that was that was part of the reasoning was it's like all right well you like tech stuff let's let's do some tech stuff that's cool anyways well i don't remember i don't don't have my notes on that one for some reason yeah this is probably where the refrain it continues to say please don't steal me from my house you can't carry me don't steal me oh yeah yeah Yeah, that's a great tune too um i don't remember why i rated it a three i think let me see i rated it three but honestly but i don't remember why this was my one and i don't remember the reason why on that either Maybe because I like the 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 next couple songs so much more. <laughs> All right, uh, next song is "Dead Now."
Here's my regret. My regret rating. All, All right. right. Let's hear Dead it. Now's, Dead Now's my one. Okay. And it's not really my one. I rated it my one, I should say. Um, I think the reason I, I was trying to get back in my mindset in that moment when I was rating these, because I, I met, I moved these numbers around a lot. I mean, oh, I yeah. overthought the t-shirt choice. You, you can imagine how much <laughs> I overthought this. So uh, I, I re-listened to this today. I'm so sorry, man. He sounds like he's destroying something. Hold on. No problem. Come on, Joe. What are you doing, bud? He's destroying my Jason Isbell cover me up mask is what he's doing. No, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> not do that. That is not acceptable. <laughs> um, I might have to put him in his crate in a second so we can get through this. But uh, <laughs> I put Dead Now as one, but I I listened to it again today. I was like, I think I put it one because it's so heavy that I was like, man, I just don't want to deal with this. I'm putting this at one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's I, just so heavy. And I was especially gonna- in context of knowing what happened to Scott, right? Right. Yeah, I was going to say, since knowing that Scott is no longer with us, like this song f- has a deeper meaning, kind of like yeah. he's singing from the grave a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish that Scott could have seen that people, to quote his song, loved him in spite of his tics and inconsistencies. Yeah. Um and uh, you know I'm not going to judge cuz I don't no. I don't know what was going on mm-hmm. in his head to 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 want to take his life but um such a such a tragedy. Um, such a tragedy. I I do love the ending refrain, the chorus of the ooze and um mm-hmm. I think that it's just yeah, again just listening to this and and hearing him talk about there's something wrong with me yeah and this is this is goes back to what i was saying of how i can relate to i can relate to artists when they they sing stuff like this i can relate to the morrissey who's talking about um i wear black on the outside because black is how i feel on the inside you know i can relate to that kind of stuff yeah and yeah and yeah, your one sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's not a one. I think I would move it way up if I if I did this over again. I don't know what I'd move around because again, I just don't think that there are like holes in this record. I, I think it's yeah. top to bottom brilliant. So I don't know where I would put it and move it around, but it needs to be way higher than it is. I'm I'm wrong and I apologize everybody. <laughs> this was my five and it was a seven earlier and I moved around numbers. All right. Yeah, yeah. Next song, State Hospital. And in the limp, three years of board schooling She's accustomed to hearing that she could never run far A slip disc in the spine of community A bloody curse word in a pedestrian verse Spirits in graveyards and fingers in car parks She cries in the high street just to be heard A screaming anchor for nothing in particular At the fruit title of the album is taken from a line in this song oh my gosh all right lay it on me so this i i won tickets on that tour too 
that you won tickets okay. from Park Ave. I won tickets from Frightened Rabbit um, from their Twitter. Excellent. And uh, they asked to like quote a lyric and um, I forget. I, I did t- I did like two submissions. I'm not sure if they noticed, but I did two <laughs> submissions. And one of the submissions was her heart beats like a breeze block thrown down the stairs. Her blood is thicker than concrete, forced to be brave. She was born into a grave. And just the whole, everything about this song, first of all, musically, it's my favorite. And yeah. that's always a hard thing to try to describe why, right? Like lyrics, I can talk about words a little bit easier, I think, than, than I can talk about music. Um, but musically, it's my favorite song. I love the melody. I love how anthemic it is. I just, I just think it's a, an, it builds. I love those songs that build, um, in the, in the style of classical music and in the style of, um, I think one of the first times I really understood the, the building of, of a song was when I really started listening to Led Zeppelin and how those Zeppelin songs start out kind of like, you know, it, it just builds and builds and builds and builds and it becomes this, I could hear this in an arena, you know, yeah. even though it's so heavy, you know. So I, I think this one is. This is a rain song? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And and I just think it's incredible, man. It, everything about it. And Grant on the drums on this one. This yep. is, that's yep. what That's what makes this song for me is, is the percussion yep. stuff that he's doing and seeing this live. Was this the one where Grant comes off, comes from behind the kit and. Yes. Yeah. I do yes. remember that now. Yeah. 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 Powerful, powerful. It's stuff. So powerful. All right. Um, this was my 11. This is my 12. Okay. All right. I stand by that. Uh, it's all good. Nitrous, <laughs> nitrous gas is next. another one i should have rated higher but where are you gonna put everything yeah this was another one where i wanted wayne to decipher the lyrics i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him that he has to listen to this when he gets back from vacation because i want to i want to hear what he has to say about the lines of leave the acute warm heartedness go where the joyless bastard lives he's dying to bring you down with him suck in the bright red major key spit out the blue minor misery I'm dying to bring you down with me. I I hear this as another one of those uh, critiques of organized religion. I hear this song as as him describing, and in that particular verse, him saying like, you've told me that I'm going to be happy if I just follow these principles and I do these things. Um, You know what? Hand me the nitrous gas. I don't. You can keep your oxygen. 
hand me the nitrous gas and it's him kind of like is it's it's him kind of unfortunately again it's so hard to talk about knowing what happened to him yeah. but it's him kind of going like i've i've tried i've tried and i the the oxygen isn't working for me it works for you it's not working for me hand me the nitrous gas the oxygen it. of your religion i don't need wayne after all <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is my four. Your your score? Oh man, I don't even want to say it because um, I voted it a two, and like as I'm describing it, like it's way better than two. I I, I would have pushed it way up. All like right. I don't know what to do about that, but it's all good, man. Don't yeah. apologize. We're, we 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 apologize way too often. That gives me anxiety. <laughs> Let's not do that. Right, I don't want right. to give you anxiety. That's for all right. Sure. Uh, next song is housing in parentheses out. And this is sh- shortest song, just over a minute. Yeah, I think this is one that I should have, again, I guess housing in and housing out, I should have spent more time trying to f- trying to spend some time with. Um, I think I rated it, what did I rate it? I rated it a six, but I might even just straight up flip it with like either Dead Now or Nitrous Gas. And I'm not being critical of it when I say that. Again, I think every song on this record is... It's powerful right. and beautiful. Um, it just doesn't grab me in the way that the other songs do. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The 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 housing songs I could do. I I won't say I could do without, but yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know that I could do without. Again, maybe I need to think a little more about. Clearly, that's intentional. Now that we're talking about it. Yeah. The and so maybe I need to spend some more time trying to decipher why, but um, I didn't. So. All right. Your score? Uh, it was, a, I put it as six, but if I had to do it over again, I would have flipped it with nitrous gas or dead now and it'd gotcha. been two or one. Yeah, this is my two. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, this is the oil slick. So this is one you said you had a lot to say about, right? This is my 12. Ah, why? I saved, I saved my 12 until the last song. It's the, <laughs> it's a perfect finale song. Um, It's personal. When I saw this live, it was mesmerizing. It was absolutely inspiring. On the drive home, I came up with a melody for a song because I was inspired by this song. And I don't write <sighs> songs. I don't write songs. 
And it was really like the beginning of the end for me from my covers band that I was in because I realized that I was so inspired by writing original music that I didn't want to keep singing Weezer songs. I didn't want to keep singing <laughs> Collective Soul songs. Yeah. Even and like I came I came to the band and I'm like, I've got these original songs. We should think about doing some original stuff. And they were not at all interested in that. Like their their creative was just performing. It was not mm. creating something new. Right. Um and so a couple months later I was like, I I think I'm done. And because I was no longer around as you know, the de facto manager, um, I broke up the band. Oh my goodness. So, wow, uh, a frightened rabbit broke up your cover band. I I, th- I think so. <laughs> but uh, you know, during that time I went back to writing. Um good. I'm st- I'm almost finished with a couple novels. If I can ever not spend all of my creative energy towards the podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> creative capital, man. It yep. is. It's, it's yep. tough. There's a finite amount of creative capital that you have. And yep. I yep. feel that. And, and, novel too. And, and part of the reason why I started the podcast in the first place was because I had writer's block and I needed mm. a creative outlet. And this seemed like, something that I would do for maybe a year or 18 months. (laughs) Right. And uh, it's been two and a half years and we're not, yeah, we're not letting up. You don't seem to be slowing down. Yeah. We're not not letting up. So (laughs) that train gets barreling down the track. You can't, that's another thing is once, once those projects get going and you, and you see the benefit of them. I mean, I can't imagine shutting down the marinade. Like I just love it too much. And it's so good for me. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, the fact that we have patrons out there who are helping to support this creative endeavor. And we have, um, you know, hundreds of people that are downloading this, these episodes on a regular basis. Um, Yeah, we're not we're not letting up. Is that coming through? I'm so sorry. Again, yeah, is that coming I'll, through I'll, too loud? I'll edit it. Okay. <laughs> when you're right. when you're talking, your dog is going to be barking. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want to make it difficult for you. He's such a rascal. He's tired right now, and he'll eventually settle down. But yeah, it. You know that the the, the show the marinade has changed everything for me in terms of like my creative output. Um, it just a, it's a game changer in terms of both learning lessons from my guests and from the experiences, but also like you said, kind of having that creative thing to do. Right? There's writing that goes along with it. The editing is a creative process. Um, it leads to opportunities like this. And the other thing, it he's too much. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but you talked about the, the Patreon patrons and that whole community that I have with my Patreon is so enriching as well. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild to me how many, I mean, you and I connected because of podcasting, right? Yeah. And there's so many people that have become like actual friends of mine, even though I've never met them in person yeah. through the show, fans of the show or people that are adjacent in some way. Um, 
that I've become friends with, and and not and not only that, the musicians that I've interviewed. I mean, some of the 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 relationships with the musicians and writers and poets and all these amazing people that I've gotten to talk with. That those relationships help to also inform my creative process and also inspire me to write more and inspire me to to continue to do the work because I see them doing it and. Yeah. And and then also I'm inspired just by the conversations that that I have with these folks um, in in various ways. Like some of them are face to face and some of them are online. But I mean I've made friends through this thing, and I never expected that. And there's there's nothing better than when you finish a really good episode or really good interview, and you 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 hit the stop recording, and you're like. Holy crap, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like I nailed that one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've had yep. a few I've had a few in the reverse as well. Uh, <laughs> where afterwards I'm like, I'm exhausted, man. You exhausted me. Can you think of one that you would share? Or is that something you would want to say that, off mic? The one that just came out today. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. That was absolutely exhausting. Wow. I've had a couple, I, and man. And I'll just leave it at that because yeah, people, yeah. people don't know when I've recorded this. So <laughs> when they right, listen right, to right, the episodes, right. I'll yeah. Well, it it's well, you know what else is interesting about that comment is that sometimes I'll have a most I haven't had very many of those, but sometimes I'll have one that's kind of difficult, and then I will mention something about it being difficult and people people that to people I'm close with, you know. Yeah. And they'll they'll say, no, nah, I didn't notice. I didn't notice that it was difficult for you. You know, um, the only one that that everyone recognizes and it's become like a running joke is my James McMurtry episode. That's the only okay. one that is like it's pretty clearly a tough one. <laughs> it's like I don't think really I've listened cool. to that one. It's interesting. Yeah, check it out. Now I'm gonna go yeah. listen. Yeah, yeah, you'll appreciate it. You'll 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 get like what's happening. I think, and I'm yeah. interested to hear what you think. It's um. I was in Oklahoma City. I flew out there to interview him because I was like, when am I ever going to go to Oklahoma City? And I yeah. saw he was opening for Isbel. And I, I made I made a huge mistake. And that was I went to the Oklahoma City Federal Building Memorial oh, um, okay. that, that day. And so I was just not in a good place, man. Yeah. It's, per- it's beautifully done and heavy. That's heavy. And – yeah, just like I shouldn't have done that, you know, and and my Airbnb host told me not to. She was really cool and she was in the music industry and she was like, oh, you're going to go interview somebody? Yeah, don't go there then. Do it some other time. Maybe come back, right, <laughs> you know, right. but, but don't do it then. And I was like stubbornly going, nah, I'm good. I can handle this. Nope. Not a good place to be in. Um, but that's an interesting one. That's the only one that I can think of where – we just didn't we weren't on the same page man <laughs> yeah yeah you know what one that was kind of difficult that i hesitate to even say this but i'll say it um john McEwen from nitty gritty dirt band okay um i got good feedback on it but i i felt like there was a lot of us just being we're just very different people yeah and usually i'm pretty and he's good older at that. too right and he's older yep yeah you know, that's an interesting thing, though, because I feel like older folks I'm good with, 
Younger folks, I'm not as good with if okay. I'm interviewing them. I think I sometimes struggle, even though I'm a teacher, I some of middle school kids, I yeah. struggle with kids like people in their 20s, you know, and even into their 30s sometimes. Um, but I have no idea why. I haven't really unpacked that and figured out why. But anyway, he was he was just a challenge. He's just a he's a quirky dude, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't rude, but he's very blunt. Okay. And I don't react well to blunt. I I, I just don't. I don't know what it is. I don't yeah. react well to blunt. I you know I'm a southern boy at my core, and we. We sugarcoat everything, you know, and he's not a Southern boy and he doesn't sugarcoat anything. <laughs> and right. So he wasn't mean or rude or anything. It was just, I remember being like, oh man, you got to flex some muscles you haven't flexed in a long, long time right now. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Um, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything on this album? No, I don't think so, Ben. I think we talked more about life. We've been talking for two hours. I know. <laughs> but I, know. I, I, the only thing I'll say, just to kind of to, if I can wrap up a little bit, just about how this record, what this record means to me, is like, yeah, please. I was talking to a, f- a friend about how I was doing this, and, and I was excited about it. And I was really looking forward to it. And once again, thank you so much for having me. This is an honor. And I, um, I was talking about how this record, I can remember that time in my life so vividly because it was so formative for me. And I was like, I can remember the smell of my apartment, you know, that I lived in at that time. I can remember like the smell of the woman's hair I took to the show, you know, like I can remember all these visceral things as I listened to this record. And so I'm glad I can afford therapy. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Any guesses on our top song? Uh, like for the average? Yes. Um, uh, probably Woodpile. Uh, Woodpile was tied for second with an average score of 10. Top song, State Hospital. Oh, cool. You gave it top. I gave it 11. So 11.5 average score. Uh, like I mentioned, there is a tie for second. Woodpile and Acts of Man, average score of 10. Oil Slick, 9.5, average score. That's fourth. And then rounding out our top five is Holy. Wow. I'm, I'm okay with that top five. And I'd listen <laughs> to that top five on an endless loop. Seriously, man. What a great record. And I'm so glad that this ended up being the one that we talked about. Yeah, man. Um, it's It was super fun. We're going to have to have you back on when Wayne um, can pontificate as well. I'm in. Yeah, any anytime, Ben. I, right. This is this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm glad we were finally able to make it happen. All right. So mm-hmm. um, so to uh, quote from, from Peter from Scotch and Good Conversation. So uh, who do you know that I don't know who should join me on my podcast? Oh gosh, yeah, Peter. Man, I like I love talking podcasts with Peter. Um, he's great. He's a, such a nice guy. Um, who do I know that you don't know that you should have on your podcast? Um, have you had Seth Walker on? I have not. Seth would be awesome, and I, he's a music head, yeah. and he's such a cool guy. All right. We'll, we'll chat offline yeah we can we can we can i can connect you very easily with seth he okay 
he's been on twice and I just recorded a third time with him. Oh, um, cool. yeah. And he's a sports guy too. So you guys could talk about, you know, you can talk about basketball or baseball or whatever. Like he's, yeah. um, you know, he's into sport. I can't believe we didn't really talk about baseball as we really big of a, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he'd be a good one. All right. Uh, tell people where they can find the, the marinade. So you can find the marinade at marinadepodcast.com. We're on all major podcast uh, apps. Uh, just search the marinade and we should pop up. Marinade Podcast, at Marinade Podcast on Twitter. I love Twitter. It is my preferred social media. Um, we're also marinade underscore podcast on Instagram. I tolerate Instagram. It is something <laughs> that I do. But uh, but I love connecting with fans of the show on those two uh, platforms. So, you know, come see us there. We're not on Facebook or anything like that. Um, I say anything like that. We are on Instagram, I guess. But marinadepodcast.com is a good place to keep up with stuff because we not only have um, – uh, the, the the episodes that I release, you know, each each now every week or two, but also concert photography from me and some collaborators. I write pieces that I put up there. There's some older content that you that you can find, like old website exclusive episodes before we started doing bonus episodes. So there's okay. kind of stuff that you can find exclusively there. And then if you really like what we're doing, patreon.com slash marinade podcast. I have a show called Jason's Journey where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life. I'll talk about this, for example, on there and kind awesome. of talk about my experiences, you know, doing this and how much I enjoyed it and how it stretched me creatively and pushed me creatively. So, um, yeah, we're on a lot of different channels and we love interacting with folks over on those, on those channels. Excellent. Uh, we're also on the Patreon. Uh, if you want to get your episodes early, uh, you can go, uh, go to, uh, patreon.com slash records revisited podcast. Uh, I will say this, if you contribute at the guest revisitor level, you can join us for an episode where you can talk about one of your favorite records. That's a cool perk. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's why people are signing up, because <laughs> we've got some fun ones coming up. Casey Anderson, who is a former guest of yours. And is going to be on again. And I love him, um, despite his, you know, human humanness he's a good dude good dude who made a mistake yep um so he he tweeted out that um that he didn't care what people thought about hootie's first record (laughs) and so i'm like dude uh i've got a i've got an episode coming up about that uh you want to join us and he's like absolutely so anyway so he is joining one of the guest revisitor episodes who picked hootie and um there we go we're gonna have a oh good that's exciting casey's such a good he's been so good to the show casey reached out to me uh early on because he's a big fan of bj barham and so casey okay. sent me a, a message on twitter and that's how we connected years ago our awesome. first episode we recorded in 2017 i think later that after that first episode and casey had just dipped his toe back in social media after his legal troubles yeah. and so i was like is this the same guy <laughs> you know cuz he had like 25 followers or something you know and i was like that yeah. can't be the same guy whose records are so great um, but it is and he and he has man you're going to have fun with him he's a he's a great he's a great interview yeah 
I mean, talking about this period of life, you know, when this album came out, Nowhere Nights got a lot, lot of spins. Great record. Back, back Great record. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish all the ending stuff because this is usually where we say you can go find us. You you know where to find us. Just <laughs> go go find us. All right, go find them. So here we go. Here's the ending part. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Uh, go to a live show. We're we're yeah. getting back out there. Just make sure that you're being safe. Um, go get your 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 two doses and please come come come, come party with us. Uh, make sure you buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store. I already gave a shout out to Park Avenue CDs. I'll do it again. Uh, Park Avenue CDs and Triangle Vinyl. You are you are one of my churches. All right. <laughs> we are Records Revisited and we are out. Out. <laughs>